Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! He's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, hello and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, and Ryan Pay all here with you again this week. The last podcast before the Pistons are back in training camp, and well, we've got some juicy content to talk about. But boys, as we... uh, we wrap up the the off season podcast, if you will, before really training camp starts, and we get back into Pistons mode. How are we doing? Everybody good today? We doing, ready to go? Doing good. I mean, hey, it's it's we've talked about basketball being here. It's about to be here. Just checking. You got a pulse. We all right? Yeah. I mean, like Aaron said, finally, finally, it's coming around. There will be actual. Now. There will be actual stuff to talk There's about. There is light at the end of the tunnel now. Mm-hmm. It is here almost. I'll We're tell you. Finally, that. out of this just dry spell, this just awful, slow, nothing to do with basketball mm-hmm. time. How about all these listeners, though, that still tune in every week? They're checking out the pod. They want to hear about Pistons basketball. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty exciting stuff given that, you know, we are, we're maybe one, the only one or one of the few that talks solely Pistons, not solely Pistons, but primarily Pistons all off season long. And, and you know what? It shows there's some people out there that are ready for this season to come around and there's some excitement building in the city of Detroit. No, there's, there's definitely hunger for Pistons basketball. This, I, for some reason, the city and this, this, the fans of this team, we get a bad rap for not really caring. But no, there's some real diehards, a lot of real diehards, and they care. Mm-hmm. And they'll go all off season, just talking basketball because it's what they care about. You know what these diehards are talking about right now? The Pistons are giving Jordan Crawford a workout. You know, going into training camp, another guy that they may look at as an option on the wing, and uh, you know, Aaron. I know you posted about this earlier, and um, you know you see Jordan Crawford getting a workout with Detroit. But is there any legitimacy here? Is this just a a training camp courtesy, a preparation for maybe if an injury comes along and you have another option? Uh, maybe some quick thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it appears that that's kind of what it likely has to be, considering the Pistons are maxed out on their camp roster. You know, they've they've signed everyone. You know, they have they're at the limit of twenty. They've hit that limit. Um, but this is just another guy where you kind of keep tabs on him. He's played in the NBA before. Um, he has that experience. I actually like Jordan Crawford. He played with the Grand Rapids Drive probably two, maybe three seasons ago now. And he was really good down there. Uh, you know, of course, it's a G League. So, you know, you have to take it with a relative uh, outlook. But when he goes overseas, you know, he's an absolute killer. Scores the ball at an extremely high level. 25 points per game last year. I believe he was in China. Um, but you know he's a guy that I I don't see why he couldn't be on an NBA roster. Last played with the New Orleans Pelicans a few seasons ago, uh, but he's he's bounced around the league here and there. He's been with Boston, he's been with Washington, um, Golden State. So he's a guy that you know hasn't been in the NBA since 2017, 2018. But he's always a guy that probably should be in the league, um, just because 
there's not a lot of potential with him. It's just kind of a he can come in, score off the bench. There's not that unknown of what if with him. You just kind of know what you're going to get. So he's one of those guys that maybe because he's not overly talented, just sits on the outside, always kind of knocking on the door, but it hasn't stuck. Um, but I, you know, I don't see the Pistons signing him right now. That's just a guy you're probably keeping tabs on, so that if you do have an injury, you need to bring in a, a guy in a ten day or sign him to a you know some sort of deal. That's a guy that you know a little bit about. You see, you know how he's been progressing, how he's playing. Is he healthy? Is he at top physical form? Whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know before the season starts. So that's just another guy you can keep tabs on. You know, and they have so many guards on the roster already uh, that there's just really no way that they could feasibly bring him in unless they're conjuring up some big move. And I don't think you're planning out signing a guy like Jordan Crawford before that big move kind of happens because you can sign a lot of guys at that same level of Crawford after that, you know, whatever kind of move would happen to where they would need another guard. Right. Well, you know, throughout the offseason, we've been talking about some of the training camp battles that are going to happen. The Pistons, you know, need to get rid of one person that has a – yeah, kind of a contract. Like Joe Johnson doesn't have a guaranteed deal, nor does Christian Wood, but they have one too many guys for what appears to be, you know, the NBA roster they want to assemble. Um, so we've talked about the battle of, you know, Christian Wood, ISO Joe, maybe Kyrie Thomas finds himself as the odd man out, not sure what direction they are going to go. And if you've been following the pod throughout the summer, I mean, you, you know this stuff, right? We've talked about it. We don't want to talk about the same thing over and over. I want to look at what are some other big storylines going into training camp, right? And I think there's really two that that stick out. We were able to look at, you know, James Edwards. He sits down with uh, head coach Dwayne Casey of The Athletic, and they talk about the second unit. They talk about Luke Kennard. He talks about the Derrick Rose signing. But I, I think Dwayne Casey made a comment, even though he says – that they have not made a decision. He's not going to announce what what decision or no decision's been made yet for who's going to start and who's going to be off the bench in terms of his you know group of, of guards and wings that he has. But I think he pretty much indicated that Luke Kennard is going to come off the bench because if you listen to his quote, he says, no decision has been made. Uh, I'm not going to put anything on concrete. I like him with the second second unit. We utilize his skill set more with the second unit. So Luke Kennard, even though nothing has been formally announced that he will be part of the second unit, not in the starting lineup, I would say before training camp, looks like Luke is going to be playing alongside Rose and... I uh, kind of an open spot for who plays the other wing in the second unit, Markeith and Don Maker in the second group. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I don't like the decision. I, I, I don't like the idea that Luke has to be reg- regulated to the second unit. And I know Dwayne Casey said it's not final or anything uh, uh, of that sort. But at the same time, Luke, for for the same reasons that I've said all offseason, Luke has to be able to play with your first unit if he's that important to the future, you know? He has to be able to to fit with Reggie Jackson and Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, and he has to be able to find his spot in the offense. He has to be able to score the ball, be an outside threat, be able to run that second pick and roll when Reggie Jackson gets denied and Reggie Jackson gets cut off going to the basket, has to kick it out, and there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock. When the offense breaks down, Luke's got to be able to do those Mm -hmm. kind of things, or he's always just going to be a 
an average player. And I know that all three of us here on the podcast have some very high hopes for Luke Kennard. And if he doesn't fit with the rest of your core, then he will never reach those high hopes. So it's just kind of... Uh, I don't want to say it's scary or worrisome, but it, it's it's kind of disappointing in that sense because I I think Luke Kennard needs to be given that chance. So you know, hopefully, when that opportunity does come in, in training camp, he's able to do enough to kind of change that mindset. Even though that kind of that kind of quote, it does really make it sound like that decision's kind of already made, and he's mm-hmm. you know, Dwayne's Casey's saying that just to kind of build up that there is some kind of battle there but it just it that does not seem that way you're not really getting that indication from anyone within the organization talking that Luke's going to have a you know a role with the starting unit and and I get it I get it, you know it's it's more important who ends you know the game than who starts it and I know Luke would I mean hopefully be on the floor at the end of games but he's you know whether he's on the floor at the beginning or at the end he's going to be on the floor with Reggie Jackson Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, so he needs to be able to play with those guys. And if you just plan on throwing them out there at the end of the games with them in big, you know, high pressure situations, and that group doesn't gel, then you got an issue. So he kind of needs that time to develop that chemistry with the starting unit. That's just kind of how I feel on this situation. No, I mean I'm in lockstep with you. This whole off season on this podcast, I've been advocating for Luke Kennard to start, that he needs to be the starter, that he is the guy. I put him at number three on the most important list. Um, you know, that he has to be that guy that steps up with uh, Blake and Andre. Um, but I understand what Casey's saying with fit, because um, clearly he would fit better with the second unit, unit than Bruce Brown would in terms of needing another scorer to go along with Derrick Rose. But, Brendan, you have, you have a take about this that I'm not sure I'm completely sold on, even though I am worried that he would be coming off the bench in his third year. So why don't you give that take? Well, to me, there's a couple things. One, um, you look at this comment, and I just want to make a point, Aaron, you said hopefully Luke can show enough in training camp. I don't think that it matters. I think it's a decision solely based on fit for the team. Yeah. I think, I think Luke is good enough to start. There, there's no battle. There's no battle. It's not, a battle. it's not a battle. I think that's what we learned from that quote. I think it's a, hey, Luke fits better with the second unit. We need to win games. We are going to play to win games. What I'm concerned about is if Luke Kennard going into his third year is a second unit guy, like he has been throughout his career, he remains a second unit guy. Does that stunt his growth? Does that hold him back? And, you know, does he become just a second unit guy? Right? Like, does he. I, I don't want to see. I, Luke Kennard to me is a much better player than Stanley Johnson was. But I don't want to see him take the same path of he should be starting. Then he doesn't start. Then he fiddles. And you end up moving on, you know, for spare change. Right? I don't want to see that happen with Luke Kennard. And I'm not saying it necessarily will, but I'm not going to lie. It concerns me a little bit that if he remains a second unit player, that that's what he's just going to become. And he's going to get used to playing with and against second unit guys. Yeah, he could shoot the ball and he can make some plays. Maybe he gets in the game late, you know, to be a shooting threat um, and to kind of bolster the offense when needed down the stretch. But. I don't know. I, I just I'm concerned that him being a second unit guy stunts his growth. The way I see it is, 
a lot of people have high expectations for Luke Kennard. Mm-hmm. A lot of people consider Luke Kennard the biggest, you know, the, the most talented young piece of this Pistons' young core. So, Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, Svima Luke, Sekou Dumboya, Kyrie Thomas, those kind of guys. Those 22, 23, and under. If Kennard is your best guy out of that bunch, and he's his ceiling is a sixth man, that worries me as to how much young potential and how much young talent this Detroit team really does have on their roster. Because... Right now, we don't really know about Kyrie and Svee. I think Svee's going to be pretty good. I think he'll be... I think Svee's a guy that, that could be not a starting level player, but a nice second unit guy. A scorer, secondary to hereditary handler and distributor. Can shoot the ball, has really good range. Kyrie, I don't really know about just because we of the offseason he's had. Whether it was not performing the best in summer league, and then outside of that, not really hearing much about him from anyone, and, and then you have Bruce, who looks really good defensively, but so did Stanley Johnson in his first season. So he's got to make strides on the other end of the floor. Seku, we don't really know what's going on with him, other than we're probably not going to see him much on the Pistons court much this year. So the rest of those young guys, there's some hype, there's some stuff built yeah. up around them, but we don't really know. And if Luke's the best. And he tops out as a sixth man, then you just don't have the young talent that it's been hyped up to that you well, do have. And and not to contradict the point I made before, but you know I don't know if the Pistons are saying he tops out as a sixth man. I think the Pistons are saying that you know Luke fits better with the second unit, and Bruce may fit better with the first unit, and it may just be a matter of fit. But doesn't that kind of that does kind of contradict what you're saying? Well, because not, if it starts his growth. Well, right, and, and I'm concerned that it would. But well, maybe it's not even fit with the whole first unit. Maybe he doesn't fit with Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Well, and it's also the second unit needs scoring. Bruce is not a scorer, right? Bruce right. is a defender. Maybe this is may, may, so. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how to look at it honestly, but maybe it's not really. It's, it's not, not a knock, knock on, Luke. on Luke exactly. It's. it's and it's not necessarily a knock on Bruce, but it kind of is a knock on Bruce. They're scoring in the starting lineup. Right. That masks, in a sense, the problem with Bruce Brown. Right. If he's in the second unit, where the only real scorer is Derrick Rose, that problem of lack of scoring becomes abundantly clear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know... It- if you put Luke in the starting lineup, you put Bruce in the second unit. God, that second unit then, just from a scoring standpoint, is rough. And I mean, defenses could really zone in on Derrick Rose. hundred percent. You so you, that takes you away negate him. having him right. And and Dwayne Casey has talked about the value of the second unit, and he has shown in the way he coaches games how much he values the second unit. So. You know, maybe I'm talking myself into uh, maybe if Luke's in his third year and he's only coming, if he's a second unit guy, maybe it doesn't stunt his growth. Maybe it gives him an opportunity to still, you know, play late in games, be in big time moments. And as the lineup reshapes, Luke transitions his way into a starting role. I still think I've been I've been fighting this fight for Luke for a very long time about stunting growth and. All this stuff, and hey, it's your third year now, or whatever. Right. You, know, you gotta start. I've been really fighting this fight for Luke. And I think, even though, like I said, I'm on board for him being a starter, this 
being in the second unit allows him to be the lead dog of the second unit, in yeah. a sense. Like, develop that alpha mentality, right? Yes. I get Derrick Rose is there, and he has that mentality, too. I get that. But this allows him to build on that aspect of his game, um, which he's going to need when he eventually does slide into the starting line. Because mm-hmm. if he was there now, Blake, Reggie, Andre, right. they have that alpha dog attitude. And you know what becomes interesting, too, is, I mean, Detroit, it will... It, they're either going to have to add scoring in other positions, or what's the timeline for Bruce Brown in Detroit? Because eventually you're going to have to make a decision of Luke or Bruce, and if the second unit needs scoring, Bruce Brown may have to go, and you may have to get another scoring guard for the second unit. You know what I mean? Like Now, maybe things change over time. Some guys develop. Thon can maybe score a little bit in the post. You see, I mean, maybe we're talking years down the road, but um, I think it just kind of brings up an interesting point to start thinking about is Luke and Bruce are not going to coexist on the Pistons forever. You're only going to have one of them, and the other's going to have to go. So for this year, I don't think it's a big deal if Luke plays in the second unit for the reasons we just talked about, Ryan. Right, the ability to grow as a premier scorer, get the alpha mentality, still have an opportunity to play late in games. I think when they need offense late, they're going to put Luke in the game. I don't think it's going to matter if he's a starter or a second unit guy. But then going forward, the Pistons are going to have to figure out what's the role for Bruce Brown. Maybe you maximize Bruce Brown's value and you move the guy. Then it allows you to move Luke into the starting lineup and put another young guard in the second group. Or maybe maybe it's a veteran guard in the second group, right? So I guess Detroit has options, but it'll be interesting to see in training camp if everything we're saying now kind of holds true, comes into form, like, hey, just the fit with the second unit, the need for scoring. It's almost a compliment in a way to Luke, like, hey, we need you in this second unit because you could score the ball and you can be of value. See, I think it's more so about... Luke needs more shooting around him because Luke can't be the only perimeter shooter on the roster. I I don't think it's Reggie Jackson and Luke don't fit together. They were plus point eight uh, throughout the season on the court. Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Andre Drummond, and Blake Griffin on the court together was a plus one point five. And then when you add in another shooter like the, those four in Wayne Ellington, so Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Wayne Ellington, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond as a five man lineup was a plus three point three. But when you took out that other perimeter shooter and you put in Bruce Brown and the lineups Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, that lineup was a minus 4.0. So I think it's about Luke having another outside shooter on the court. So it's not just, oh, Luke's the one guy we have to cover and the defense can sag in on the one, on the side that Luke's not on the court and so, just guard Luke. So because, you're explaining why he's going to be in the second unit with Derrick Rose and Dwayne Casey makes the comment how he hopes that D. Rose can continue to shoot the three like he did last year. Now, if or, you two or more so, three-point threats, what I'm actually, What I'm actually saying is Luke will fit better with the starting lineup because Tony Snell's a, a 40% career three-point shooter. So it's not just a guy you can sag off of. I, I don't think it's a point of Luke doesn't fit with the starting lineup. I think it's more a point of... Detroit needs somebody in the second unit that can score. I don't think the point here is that Luke won't fit with the starting group. The point is Bruce won't fit with the second group. You can make Bruce fit with the starting guys. You can let Luke 
control the second unit with D. Rose. And when you need that scoring down the stretch, you can use Luke Kennard in the fourth quarter with your starting five. Or starting four, you know, obviously replacing Bruce Brown with Luke Kennard. I don't know. I, I just... I just I just have too high of, of thoughts about Luke Kennard. I, I just think he's better than that. Bruce Brown is what dragged down the Pistons plus minus in these situations. Luke needs to be on the court with the with the best players on the team because so, he's going to maximize that offense, especially when you want to give Blake Griffin less of a role in the offense. You know he's still going to be the lead guy and everything, but you don't want to put as much pressure on him. Who else are you going to give the ball to? So what do you do with Bruce You're giving Brown? the ball to Bruce and Tony Snell and saying, make some plays? What do you do with Bruce Brown? You put him in the second unit, and, and, and you find enough uh, enough offense from Derrick Rose and Sfima Luke and Markeith Morris, and you just got to find a way to make it work. And, and if Christian Wood is what helps make that work and you get more offense from him, or Joe Johnson fits in at the three, whatever it may be, because I just feel if you're that important to this team, and you have that growth of a future, you should be playing with the rest of that core. I, I I don't know. That's just how I feel. If I'm on the wrong side, if I'm standing on the wrong hill, so be it. But I just feel so strongly about that, and I'm taking that same belief that I've had all offseason into training camp. That's I've had the same belief as well. That's where I've been all offseason. That's where I've been since last year, really, is that Luke needs to be there. But... At the same time, I've, I'm kind of just resigned to the fact that mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey loves his second unit. Yeah. He likes balance, and what gives him balance is Luke Kennard in that second unit right now. And again, it's one of those things that he's not, you know, he's not shunning him to the second unit because he's not good enough. He's not shunning him to the second unit because he's putting more stock in Bruce Brown. I really think it's, again, it's just a matter of the fit. It's a matter of, hey, Luke Kennard's going to score the ball for us. And, Aaron, I don't think you make a bad point, but it's just a matter of Dwayne Casey's going to value that that balance. He's going to value having a strong second unit. And he's going to do what he has to do to win basketball games. And Luke playing with the second unit and giving you more competitive basketball through those that mid part of the game when your second unit's really you know getting the minutes, that's going to be important. And you also might see him do some you know some lineup shifts where you know maybe Tony Snell runs a little bit with the second group, maybe Bruce Brown runs a little bit with the second group. You know maybe he goes you know he, he utilizes ten guys a night at least, right? I mean, I think there's going to be a battle between Svi and Langston Galloway for the other wing spot opposite of Luke or Bruce in the second unit. I think Svi should get it. But at the same time, if Langston's going to be a trade chip, if Langston's going to be a guy that maybe they move, they pair with Reggie Jackson in a trade, well, then maybe you have to play him. Maybe he has to be a guy you build up some value in. So I think where we all need to get here, and I think Ryan's on the same page with me, this is no longer a battle between Luke and Bruce. This is no longer a conversation of who's more talented. It's just a conversation of the Pistons need scoring in the second group. And Luke Kennard's going to give them that. Luke Kennard can still mix into different lineups. You could put guys in that second group and, and try some different combinations. But off the start, I think you're going to see Luke Kennard in the starting lineup, or excuse me, 
in the second unit with Bruce Brown in the starting lineup just for the sake of Dwayne Casey's going to run two units. He's going to utilize 10 guys. He likes his balance. He needs some scoring, complimenting Derrick Rose. And I, I think we all have to mentally prepare for that because that's the direction we're headed. And that's fine. You know, I'm never going to say that I know more than an NBA coach. I'm never going to say that they are, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. And I know more than them. That's not the case. If that's the way Dwayne Casey wants to run his team, then fine. But I'm saying in this case, I would do it in a different fashion. But if it works out and Tony Snell is enough of an offensive threat and Reggie and Andre are on throughout the full season and Bruce has made any sort of stride offensively and that's able to take a little bit of the burden off Blake Griffin and then that second unit is one of the best second units in the league because it sure better be if you have Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard in that second unit, then fine. Balance is balance. Mm-hmm. And if it's working, it's working, and I'll be fine with being wrong. Right. But just for the reasons I've stated, I think Luke should be playing with the starters. Well, and here's something I want to kind of change gears. And, Ryan, we were talking before the podcast a little bit. And Derek Rose, he talked. Coach Casey talked about the value of the second unit, the value of adding Derek Rose, what that means for the team. And I don't know, maybe – Maybe it's just me, but I think we're on the same page here. I, I think Dwayne Casey's indicating that Derrick Rose could play just as many minutes and some nights maybe more minutes than Reggie Jackson, despite Rose being the second-unit point guard. Oh, I'm in complete agreement. Um, you saw it last year with Ish Smith. You saw Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith almost splitting minutes. Or if Ish was having a better night, Ish was getting the minutes, Ish was in late. Um, it's just how what it was. It's He's not... Dwayne Casey doesn't seem... Full on committed to Reggie Jackson, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's going to go with whatever's best for the team in the moment at point guard. And now they've upgraded the backup point guard from Ish Smith to Derrick Rose, someone who can push Reggie Jackson even more for minutes. I don't think there's going to be some yeah. Derrick Rose plays 18, 19 minutes a game, and Reggie's playing 30, 31 minutes. Right. I just don't. I don't. There think was a reason. There was a reason. He wanted to upgrade. Absolutely. There's a reason they wanted Derrick Rose. They wanted to upgrade because it it indicates one of two things. They're going to keep Reggie for the year. They're going to split time and figure it out going forward. Or maybe it's the sign that Reggie Jackson's on his way out. I I certainly agree that Rose is going to be used prominently uh, on this team. And I think it's it's the point where they are going to split minutes. I think it's the point where... I, Reggie Jackson will certainly start. Reggie Jackson will be yeah, the starting point guard. Yeah, 100%. No doubt. And Dwayne Casey has said that. But if Jackson isn't playing well and Rose is playing well, from the way that they've talked, I don't. I, I, I could certainly see them making a change. Dwayne Casey has not you know, been, as Ryan mentioned, Dwayne Casey has not been the in Reggie Jackson's corner since the beginning. You know, he's, he's not holding anything against him or anything, but... But that's not his guy. There's no real no, loyalty there's, there. It's not like that's Kyle Lowry. You know, that's not something he's he's helped build up. That's just another point guard that he's working with. And Derrick Rose is a guy that Dwayne Casey has a genuine excitement about. Just like he really liked Ish Smith. And the, and the pace that Ish Smith played with, Derrick Rose is going to get that chance. Derrick Rose is going to play 25 minutes a night. He's going to get a lot of his minutes at the one. 
He probably will get some minutes at the two because Dwayne Casey loves running three-guard lineups. And with all the guards that Detroit has on their roster, you're definitely going to see Reggie Jackson, Derrick Rose, and Luke Kennard on the court all at once. You're going to see Reggie Jackson, Derrick Rose, and Bruce Brown. You're going to see those three-guard lineups, and Derrick Rose is going to get some minutes at the two, even with you know Detroit having so many other shooting guards. Because Dwayne Casey likes playing with two point guards, likes playing with you know two point guards and a shooting guard, those three guard lineups, and he really likes Derrick Rose. You're going to see a lot of him, and he's going to be given all the opportunity in the world to shine. He's going to get a lot of usage. He's going to get a lot of touches. They're going to run sets for him. They have high hopes for Derrick Rose. I don't have as high of, as high of hopes for Derrick Rose considering his age and in, injury history. Hater, but hater. We'll go from there. And I, no, I think Rose is going to be a good player. Like I Didn't just talked about. Did you rank about. him the highest on level of importance last week, too, out of the three of us? Mm, I did. Yeah, he did. He I definitely did. did. I know he did. I did. I ranked I him. He I, did. I ranked that was him, rhetorical, that question. I ranked him above Luke Kennard because of all the talk. All the talk has been Derrick Rose means this much. Well, now we got to see it. And, and that means Derrick Rose has to stay healthy. He's got to shoot the three ball at a high clip like people are saying he's going to be able to do, even though he's never been a good three-point shooter. I, I think there's the hope that he could do it because he proved last year he could. I mean, you saw he proved seen it. He proved last year he could over the first 40 games or so. Then he got injured, and he shot abysmal from the three-point line the rest of the season. So, we'll see. A 40-game stretch. And this was my same feeling about T.J. Warren when people were talking about how the Pistons needed to go after T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren was never a good three-point shooter. Last season, he played 40-something games, knocked down threes at a good level. Does four or five seasons of shooting horribly from the three-point line just go away after shooting well for 40 games? That's really just having a really hot stretch for, you know, a period of time. Now, if he did, if he had done that for a full season, you know, 60, 70, 80 games, maybe 90 games, you know, 100 games between a season and the beginning of another, that's a completely different story. But a 40-game stretch just does not mean you're going to be this elite three-point shooter. So I'll reserve my thoughts on that as well. But nonetheless, Derrick Rose is still going to have an integral, integral part in this team. He's going to be running the offense. He's going to play a big role. And the Pistons are really excited that they have him. I'm excited they have him. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to see Derrick Rose and what he can do with both you know the, the second unit and then maybe playing alongside Reggie, playing along some of the first unit guys and some of the mixture lineups. Because, Aaron, you make a good point. The creativity from Dwayne Casey is going to be there because he likes to mix together those lineups, put different guys out there. You're going to see a variety of looks and I think that's one of the things that's going to make this Pistons team this year a little more exciting. No, I mean, the uh, the excitement's definitely palpable, especially with Dwayne Casey, like Aaron's been saying. It, it does seem to kind of light him up, light a fire under him, talking about Derrick Rose. He's excited. He, he wanted... No, he was desperate for an upgrade at that backup position. Not that he didn't like Ish. It was, it's nothing against Ish. But I think it's more of a thing on Reggie Jackson. Ish was the first one off the books, so he's the one who's getting upgraded over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, go so, for it. Go ahead. No, go just, ahead. I wanted to point out one thing before. I don't know how soon we were going to switch topics, but I wanted to point out one other thing, and I wanted to give credit to Ryan for talking about how important Tim Frazier was last week because Dwayne Casey already told, you know, in this piece of James Edwards, in this interview with him, he already told him that they are going to manage uh, 
Oh my God, is Derrick Rose? They're going to manage Derrick Rose, and he's going to be on minutes restrictions. He's going to rest. Tim Frazier's going to play some basketball this year, so he's going to be an important part of this team. And I'm I'm really happy that Ryan uh, gets the credit here because he put him very high on the rankings last week that we did on last week's podcast. So if you missed that podcast, you should probably go back and listen to it because we ranked the importance of every single player on the roster, and, and Tim Frazier was pretty high on Ryan's list, and it sounds like it's for all the right reasons. Yeah, no, some props on that, because it's smart. It's smart to put minutes restriction on Derrick Rose. You have to. You have to manage him. You've got to watch him. you got to keep a close eye. I'm sorry. I think you have to do it with Rose. I also think you have to do it with Blake this year, because we saw last year what happened to Detroit when Blake got hurt down the stretch. You know, he got he had a little bit. Of, he, he was injured late in the season. He fights back, and he gets hurt again. Then he misses the first couple games of the playoffs. And I mean, you could see where the Pistons are with and without him. And I won't lie, I really thought that the Pistons did a poor job of managing Blake last year. I'll never forget the game in Oklahoma City, where it was just like, why in the hell is Blake Griffin playing in this game? And he went out and he had an incredible night. But he Detroit, was phenomenal that night. He was phenomenal. I mean, he dropped what forty five, fifty points. He had a, he had a he had a, you know like an inspiring performance, and he only hurt himself worse. And they lost. And they lost. And they no. Lost. That's definitely something we're going to be looking for from Dwayne Casey and his staff this year because their management of Blake Blake Griffin last year was horrendous. It was horrible. It was horrendous. Like I, I really. I like to give some credit to the Pistons and their staff and their front office because they've done some pretty good things, you know, and I, and I want to be positive with them because they're trying to take positive steps and they're doing some good things. But that is the one out, like the the true negative from last year to looking at the staff is whoever was making those decisions, whether it was Dwayne Casey, whether it was the, you know, the medical staff, whoever – and it it doesn't matter. They were bad. They managed him poorly, and that has to change. Sometimes you just have to sacrifice. Last year they weren't. There were so many times where like, well, well, we just can't. We can't sit him. Yeah. We have to play him because we have to keep going. There just comes a time when you have to sacrifice a game. Yeah, you, you have to look at some back to back. You have to figure, and it you've out. got to make a decision of all right. You know, our chances to win this game are greater. We're going all out for this game. We'll take a chance to sit back on this one. You, you know, you have to figure you, it out. You've, you've got to take care of the guy. And, and it can't start in February. You, know, you can't be like, oh, post-All-Star break, we're going to manage Blake. You've already lost it. You're done. You need to it's manage full him. full season. Exactly. Maybe he plays through... You know, November before you start managing him, but you got to start putting management as soon as December. It's a full season action plan. It's not all right. We're gonna get this going here, like you said, after right. the All Star break. No, no, it's you've got you've already. You, uh, if to me, you should have already sat down and pretty much planned this out. Uh huh. There should already there should already be a plan in place. There, right. there should be a tentative schedule of the games you want to rest. Absolutely. In. Yeah, and, and that's this is what kind of worries me going into training camp is. With the way the Pistons have talked about not expecting anything from Seku, they don't have enough depth at the power forward spot. Markeith Morris spent a lot of the season injured last year, and when he played, he was not very good. He was not efficient. So outside of Markeith and Seku, what are your backup four options? 
Well, this is why Christian Wood is going to make the roster. You have to have him on the roster. But Christian Wood's not really a four. Doesn't matter. You can move Thon to the four and let Wood play the five. I, yeah, that's true. Thon, Thon is a four, and yeah. Thon's playing out of position at the five. So, one way or another, Christian Wood's going to make the roster. You know, I still think Kyrie's the odd man out. Maybe Langston is able to get moved in training camp. You know, could Sfee be a guy? Hey, plug that the, plug, plug the video one more time. You know? Plug the Langston Galloway trade video. Palace of Pistons YouTube. Check it out. Come on. There you go. We got to plug that. That's on you. You're the host. Let's go. Look alive. Look alive. We're recording a podcast right now. I, 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 I listen. Do that, your job. I, I thought we were going to go a week without this. I know. But here we are. I, I didn't instigate that, wow. folks. That was, that was purely Aaron just. Being, uh, insert your own adjective, but, uh, you know, anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, check out the video, Palace of Pistons on YouTube. Everybody knows the deal, right? We know this. This this is our core group listening right now. We know this. But if you are new and you don't know the YouTube channel, of course, check it out. There's a lot of great content and a great majority of that being produced by our, uh, our very own Tim Forkin. So, um, be sure to check that out. Uh, but back to my point that Aaron now completely interrupted and I have to try to regather my train of thought. Um, Christian Wood has to make the roster and you can move Thon to the four and let Wood play the five. But you have to manage Blake, bottom line. I'm sorry. And it's just like you're going to have to manage Derek Rose. And, and maybe it needs to kind of be on a, a judging of, all right, hey, Reggie's playing well tonight. Reggie's playing well. You know what? Tim Frazier. You're going to be like, it might even just have to be some in-game decision. decision. And and you know what? I think Derrick Rose is going to be okay with that. And you're just going to have to sit him down and be like, hey, if there's a night where Reggie's hot, it's going to be Reggie and Tim Frazier. And we're rolling with it. So, yeah, if there's a night Reggie's struggling, then your minutes may go up, right? everything's a game-by-game thing. So I'm sure there will be days that Derrick Rose is designated rest. Makes sense. But it's a lot easier for the Derrick Rose management to also include some in-game decision-making of just, Reggie's hot, we're going to give you a rest night. Or, I mean, the whole team started flat, and we're getting run out of the gym. Yeah. Just we don't need. Yeah, don't even play. Don't even play. If Tim Frazier and that group can get us back into it, so be it. Right. Things like that. Agreed. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that. I I think that's how you kind of have to do it. I mean, Aaron, your thoughts on that? No, I, I'm in agreement. Uh, ideally, your rest is, is is predetermined, but with a team like Detroit, Rose is an interesting case where I don't think it always has to be. I agree to to a degree. But once you go through that process of warming up and you get just you get mentally and physically prepared for a game, it's almost kind of like I did all the work, I might as well go out and finish. And you're not you're not wrong. No, I think Aaron's not wrong either. I I, I, I that's what I said about Blake last year too. So that's not just me saying it about Rose because yeah, I'm a Rose yeah, hater. That's I, that's just kind of and I it's actually and I've been told that from you know, some different medical people in the NBA that have kind of shared those those same kind of thoughts. So I'm partly that my opinion's partly based off what they've kind of told me there, but I don't that that makes sense. That ideology makes sense that, you know, if they're going through the warm ups, 
the the mental preparation and the physical preparation, then they've already kind of done the work. Yes, you know, actually playing the game, it does take energy, it does take a physical toll, but they've already started. A rest day needs to be, well, I'm not going through walkthrough, I'm not practicing, I'm, you know, doing an ice bath, I'm just laying down, like, I'm taking care of myself, I'm eating, like, the best way I possibly can, and I'm just relaxing, I'm getting a massage, whatever it is. I just, and maybe I need to clarify, that's not like a 20 games a year kind of thing. That's like maybe five or six times throughout the year you recognize how the game is going and you say, hey, take it easy tonight. We're limiting your minutes, you know, or you're just, you know, you're not going in, right? That's fine. But I I think there needs to be some games where you can do that. I think there need to be other games where it's just you're not playing. Agreed. No, 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 it's the majority is you're not playing. Right. Take your full day. I, I think, like, with Blake, you could never do that. Like... I don't think you could start Blake and it's like, hey, we're down twenty and half, twenty five and half. You're done. Like you don't that, that you don't do that, right? No. But with Rose, if Reggie's hot and it's like, you know, maybe he goes in in the the second quarter or whatever. Pistons are okay. It's like, hey, we're gonna roll with Tim Frazier in the second half. You know, take it easy, rest. Like you're done. You know, you want to get some ice. You want to do whatever here. Take care of yourself. We're rolling with Tim for the second half. That I Fair think enough. is some things you can do. Fair enough. Because you make a good point, right? You get. I think the bigger thing there is the mental preparation. Because you know you don't want to go on a night by night basis, go through the warm ups, get yourself ready to play, and then all of a sudden you know have the rug pulled from underneath you. Oh nope, you're not playing. So I think you make a good point there, and and to just clarify that, yeah, that's a that's a few times a year kind of Fair thing. enough. That's not a 20 times a year. That's a few times a year. Um, but you know what? It's going to be exciting as we move into training camp next week. We're going to get to finally see what's going on. Maybe some mindset of Dwayne Casey. What what player battles are looking like. Maybe we learn more about ISO Joe, Christian Wood. What direction the Pistons are going to go. We're approaching an exciting time, boys. I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's... It's, it's just getting here. It's the culmination of the offseason. A lot's going to be said. A lot's going to happen. It's going to be fun. It's going to produce content. And it's just it's, it's leading to basketball. It's leading to the ball going in the hoop. That's the fun thing. And thankfully that's finally getting here because it's been a long offseason. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, speaking of content, definitely check out palacepistons.com for a ton of great content from our uh, staff writers, our YouTube channel. Aaron mentioned it earlier in the podcast. A lot of great video content coming out on the Palace of Pistons YouTube channel. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. Instagram at Palace Pistons. You can follow Aaron on Twitter at A Johnson NBA. Ryan at Ryan Pay. Myself at Media Brendan. Of course, like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, the whole bit, and uh, and keep on supporting. Because training camp's here, Pistons basketball's on the doorstep, and we look forward to breaking down the first week of training camp next week on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.